0: Welcome to part one of our discussion of H. P. Lovecraft's short fiction.
1: November, and we are here, ready to unleash some untold horrors of non-Euclidean geometry, the depths of which you will not be able to fathom or convey, also known as we're reading Lovecraft today, but uh, in true tradition, we're going to talk about our drink first, so you can uh, imbibe with us, hopefully, as we put it up on the um, the website. So, Sean, you were the uh, bartender with the most today, so what'd you make us, man?
0: Well, you know, I had to go with the most uh, hideous of drinks, and I thought that I would try and find some nameless terror that would really um, put us in a singular mood. So, I went with my go-to and favorite standby, the Kraken, which I think tentacularly really meets the uh, requirements for this particular cast. So, we are drinking Kraken rum, which I cannot recommend enough. By the way, good people at Kraken. We're always looking for sponsorships and co work, so we would love to do some work with you. We love the Kraken. And it's a ginger beer and Kraken with a little uh, little bit of lime wedge in there and uh, some love. And we've got this uh, cyclopean ice block that Mike provided that is... uh, Pretty fantastic, I have to say. I'm really digging the uh, the big piece of ice.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's made an appearance in several podcasts now, I believe. And uh, I have to say now that I am on my my third of these drinks, <laughs> I am I'm on the verge. I feel of descending into a sort of madness from which it, it'll be impossible to return to everyday life. Blasphemous.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: you will be accursed by those words, my friend.
2: That is
1: right.
0: It's loathing. Just <laughs> <laughs> as I drove there. there.
1: As I drove in, I just saw visions of untold, blind, um, and uh, mostly white penguins, and I was just so deftly afraid in pits of despair in my soul that I could not communicate through anything besides scientific notes.
0: I, I, I feel like I'm going to faint from that. Just
2: that was...
1: I, I think we've hit many of them so far. Have, has anyone said Eldritch yet?
2: Not
0: yet. No. Okay. Not okay. Yet. All
1: right. We're still looking for Eldritch. All right. We'll, we'll call
0: this drink the Eldritch. The, the Eldritch. Eldritch Kraken. Here's mm. to the
1: Eldritch. All right. So make sure you get yourself some Kraken, some ginger beer, and a lime wedge there. And uh, we'll meet you on the other side. After don't you forget the
0: Cyclopean Ice Cube. True. Mm.
1: True. <laughs> Hopefully dating back prior to Precambrian mm. to the Archean pe- time period. Am I saying that right? <laughs> it sounds right. Sure. Archean. Uh, half that shit time period is made up anyways from the 1920s. So. <laughs> but make sure
2: you get the right the correct Cyclopean cubes because these ones do not conform to any known understanding of Euclidean geometry. Indeed. There's arches
1: but also cubes dangling off of this ice cube (laughs) in remnants and patterns such that only the great old ones could find their way through. There are angles
2: here that should not be... (laughs) <laughs> cheers, fuckers. Ah,
1: cheers. <laughs> cheers, Alright, welcome back. Hopefully you have imbibed as much as we have, and maybe we'll tone down the... Uh, Lovecraftian conversation. You can only imagine the emails we've been sending back and forth, (laughs) and the sentence length has jumped up to like 30 words per sentence, just because that's Lovecraft. Lots of italics as well. So many italics. Um, And, you know, that's a great place to start. Let's think about Lovecraft. And uh, I actually had not read him before this. So, again, I'm the noob. I'm the uninitiated. And uh, maybe we could just talk about him and his concepts like of cosmic horror which fill us all with uh, existential dread as we read it.
0: <laughs> I gotta, I gotta jump in because I am also uncircum. I mean, I am also unacquainted uh, with. Need a bell? <laughs> oh, oh, the bells! You forgot God, the bells. I forgot, I
1: forgot the bell no. in my. Rush.
0: We should also make this point that Adam really fucked us this night. So this podcast
1: uh, is an hour Mike, later. Mike <laughs> and, and I are
0: completely in. hammered. And That's Adam is catching good. up, so...
1: I am slowly but surely catching up, so they're going to be the entertainment tonight, and I'm so just going to be that... We need a bell, Mike, <laughs> a bell app. Mike, find a bell app.
0: Anyway, I have also... What Sean uh,
2: meant to say is that he's a virgin when it comes to Lovecraft. Yes, <laughs> I
0: am aware of Lovecraft and his legacy and influence. However, I had never really read Lovecraft for any extended periods of time, so I'm with you on this, Adam. All right. Mike is the, is the expert in this one compared to us.
1: Although Sean says this, wearing... The Cthulhu, or maybe yeah. it's a Hydra shirt. I think it's Cthulhu, though. I think it's just
0: some random octopus thing. My wife gave it for me for my birthday. I always got to bring it. I bring
2: the podcast wardrobe. Yeah, you do bring the shirts. Wardrobe. If we yeah. had a bell, I would give you a bell for that one, sir.
1: <sighs> we should make everyone say, just smack the back of my head every time this happens? <laughs> 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 ah! That's a point for Mike. Sorry. Um, so, two of us are new, and Mike... Um, doesn't want to take the mantle of expert here but i think he deserves it can you can you at least professor take us to school for a second when it comes to like uh lovecraft's um i guess angle on the horror genre because that's why we picked it for this month right it is you know everything is dying and and slowly creeping away from us thanksgiving is terrible yeah (laughs) yes it is
2: yeah so uh lovecraft um you know is is famous for sort of i don't i don't know if I want to say that he pioneered, but he certainly uh, is associated with the cosmic horror concept, which is the idea that um, mankind, humanity, is is a, a very tiny, minuscule piece of a vast universe, which is, um, you know, hopefully ambivalent to us. But is often hostile to us, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and that man was not meant to perceive most of it. And when a human, usually uh, say a narrator, is granted some sort of insight into, let's say, what's really going on, then uh, it, it almost always results in insanity and or death, um, or blind penguins. Sorry, I'm just those my only well, beautiful movie, right That's it. <laughs> I like the blind penguins, man. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, we'll get to we'll that get later. To that. That's I'm, also it's also a Poe reference, by the way. So I mean, oh, I, sounds okay. like that you have sounds like you have a beef with mm-hmm. Edgar Allan Poe, sir.
1: I might, <laughs> I might.
2: <laughs> that's okay. That's yeah. all right. Actually, I actually read weirdo. Yeah, I actually read the story uh, that many of the references uh, from Mountains of Madness uh, are drawn from the narrative of Arthur, uh, narrative of Arthur Gordon Pym. Mm. And uh, it's it's not very good. <laughs>
1: See, but anyways, that's so okay. uh,
2: but um, uh, what we were discussing cosmic horror, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. uh, I was saying very intelligent things. I feel like but... I got to interrupt because <laughs> sure. I remember you saying
0: to me that you started reading Lovecraft when you were mm. what did you say twelve. God yeah. Damn! That sir. explains so much about who <laughs> Mike, Mike is. Of today. Why Mike is smarter? Than Does Mike? it?
1: I don't. Yeah, I, I, I don't know about that, but
0: I'm thinking like his proclivity for certain thoughts.
2: <laughs> I'm not sure what that's a reference to. I'm just going to assume it's a compliment. Though. Yeah, of course. That's all I meant, right? Untold horrors and depths <laughs> into the aca- the chasm. That yeah. We look at. No, this this is this is absolutely correct, and this is the book right here that started it all. This that's is your the book copy. from when you were twelve. Yes, it is. It's yeah, a to to you can see you can see this is. Not unlike certain ancient uh, texts that Lovecraft himself speaks of that are... uh, What makes a
0: 12-year-old boy pick up this book and go,
2: you know what... (laughs)
1: I there's so the, you can't see it. Do, do you? Do you accidentally think that the one on the left is a woman and that's a naked person? Uh, this these uh, so it, it looks like a Marilyn Manson video come to life. It, it Our <laughs> listeners
2: cannot, of course, see the cover that Sean is referring to. But put it in show notes. But a twelve-year-old Mike was wandering around <laughs> a Barnes and Noble with no idea what he was looking for, and this cover, as it would for anyone, caught my eye. But whereas most people, not unlike Lovecraft's own narrators, would have gone screaming away in madness and told everyone that they are only speaking because they're trying to protect humanity. Giving small
1: (laughs) hints, but sometimes giving such precise academic details. Yes, exactly.
2: Unlike most of them, I was fascinated i picked this book up and i started reading it and i was hooked from the beginning i was i i must have killed this book in like two days wow and uh it started a uh uh you know i i don't read lovecraft that much anymore uh for mm-hmm. many different reasons but mostly just because i've exhausted it you know there's no more to read i have to say like i think adam and i are proverbially doing that we're not worthy from wayne's world
0: <laughs> at 12, oh, yeah. at
2: 12 you read literally. through a like a four hundred page tome of Lovecraft. Well, it it it's was not uh, nothing. Yeah, but I mean let's not make the mistake of Pretending that that was a habit of mine, that I <laughs> often did that, and I just was consuming literature, because that was not the case. But uh the Mike, twisted, Mike moved on weird... to Dante
0: yeah,
2: and uh, Diderot. Although, if you and... do want to talk about <laughs> twisted weird literature, Dante's a great one to get into. Oh, there is nice. some fucked up shit. Future in cast!
1: The Inferno,
2: there you go. Hit us in the the Inferno would be an amazing future cast. But, uh, but um, you
1: know, this, this was some fucked up shit, and I oh, yeah. loved it. It was amazing. This explains why we're friends because one of the earliest books I remember reading is the original Bram Stoker's Dracula. Um, Stoker's? Stoker. Bram. I think I that is,
0: that's it. a different thing, Adam. <laughs> oh! You mean the lady
1: with the big bosoms and that's not the right cover?
0: I'm pretty sure you might have read like the Dime Store novel version of it. Yeah.
2: Mm. I think she has an OnlyFans account, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's right next to ours. Is it like Dildula or something? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Um, so, if I could... I wanted to circle back because... Mm-hmm. Uh, thankfully we've we've said all this other stuff that I've remembered the point that I was originally uh, intending to make about cosmic horror, mm-hmm. which is that um, much horror fiction is uh, it's the type of thing, how do I want to put this? it's It's directly confrontational to mankind. and mm-hmm. mankind knows it's under attack, or the characters in the fiction know they're under attack from a vampire or a ghost, or something like that, yeah. which has, you know, usually direct goals and is directly hostile to 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 us, and we're only trying to figure out, like, how do we defeat the ghost? How do we defeat the vampire? You know, so it becomes sort of like a, a grunge match in that way, yeah. and what separates cosmic horror, what makes it different is that, you know, the, these entities, these horrific beings are not necessarily directly hostile to us as much as they just don't fucking care that we exist, that they barely acknowledge that we exist, and that there is no defeating them. The best we can hope to do is just go unnoticed by them. Um, you know, so I don't know. That's I think that's an important characteristic of the genre as well. It's like
0: mm-hmm. it's like Lovecraft assumed like he must have been looking at ants or something and thought like what must be like to be yeah. such must a be tiny a God being, to these things. <laughs> right? And then assume like well, wait a minute, there must be someone over us, <laughs> right? Like the same
2: kind of mentality toward, and they're mostly vegetable, right? Whereas we don't even... This is, this is a great analogy for this, actually, because we don't usually notice the insects that we trod upon and destroy. And when we do notice them, we usually kill them anyway. So. It's a
0: Without good point.
1: concern. It's
0: a good place to point out that we are currently... Uh, well, Mike and I have already um, uh,
2: eaten these things, but Adam is... Uh... Taking down a little. Uh, yeah, yes. s- I'm nailing it down. Squid-based yeah. calamari, there. Yeah. So our food choice for the evening is, is Lovecraftian. Absolutely. We we went with uh, calamari for obvious reasons. You know, tentacles and Lovecraft sort of go together. Um, <laughs> and hentai. Uh,
1: I was <laughs> yeah. thinking it. actually. <laughs> I said it. <laughs> There's got to be a call of Cthulhu hentai out there. Oh, we should look that up. Yeah, let's
2: um. use your phone. Um. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. It's at work. Oh. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But we have uh, <laughs> we have the um, stuffed peppers because the uh, the the great old ones are described as mostly vegetable, and we have the uh, mini crab cakes because mm. the uh, the maigo or the migo. I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but uh, the. The ones from Whisperer are uh, described as
1: as crab people. So yeah, fungus they crabs. They also make an appearance in Mountains of Madness. Well, I mean, everything actually is very right. tightly woven together yeah. in terms of that's like, the mythos uh, and the yeah. Cthulhu mythology, right? And yeah. and I guess
2: while we're talking about Lovecraft, that's an important thing to point out is what you know the Cthulhu mythos is is it's not like a, a very coherent bunch of fiction that all ties into each other. It's just that lovecraft the author who was you know publishing all this stuff randomly in different random weird fiction publications a lot of those like pulp publications exactly you know for 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 a pittance was um you know it, it was he himself that was doing this you know he had these recurring characters and these recurring locations um and these recurring species just in his head and so A reader of one story would read about all this other stuff that Lovecraft had written about without knowing that there were actually stories that also included those things. It's only been in subsequent decades where, you know, this stuff's been bound and collected that people were able... uh, The the idea of the mythology, the mythos, didn't even happen in his lifetime. That was something that happened
1: uh, or was coined afterwards. Hmm. Oh, that, you know, that really speaks to the, the staying power of the mythos and all of his work, the fact that people would do the work afterwards... Not just to bound it together because you can do that, you know, Barnes Noble does that shit for fifteen bucks or whatever. I was holding the <laughs> yeah. Mike's Mike's version, which apparently he told me is his original, and I just bought mine this summer and so they haven't updated a single thing about it. It's no, exactly I've, the yeah, same. I bought that about eleven years ago. <laughs> silver silver edges and everything. It's very so, nice looking though. It is, it is. And uh it's just interesting though that people like it and his story so much and the ideas so much that they you know, contribute to it and add and kinda of add scholarship that builds upon the worlds and sees connections yeah. that, you know, he hadn't intended. So, you know, at this point I think we should really start with Call of Cthulhu because we've been talking about it. I was gonna call it the man, but it you know, um for <laughs> Eldritch most of it, horror. Yeah. it is on our logo, you know, in one way, shape or form. So, uh, you know, Call of Cthulhu is really interesting to me as we start here because um we had joked around about it and talked about Cthulhu and stuff, and I had no clue what it was. And then coming to <laughs> the idea, just kind of faked it, uh, coming to the <laughs> idea of um, the story you know, was really intriguing because everything was all like secondhand accounts and this person reading notes from another person. And I was just wondering what mm. you thought about the, the, the premise of the story being told that way. Did that add to your feelings of horror? Did it kind of distance you too much? You know, honestly, I, um,
0: this is the first time I've actually like read the actual Cthulhu story where he makes an appearance, or it makes an appearance in the yeah. story. And I, I have known about this idea for God, more than half my life. I, I remember listening to Ride the Lightning by Metallica, <laughs> and The Call of Cthulhu, at the uh, end of it and just being like, what the hell is a Cthulhu? Yeah. And, like, never really understanding it Exactly. And then, like, you start to become vaguely aware of it as an English major in school and, and just being kind of around that. You start to become peripherally aware of this stuff and the idea of what it is from people who have actually read it. But I never really dove in myself. Where the hell was I going with this?
1: Uh, premise of the narrator yeah. telling us oh, yeah. stories <laughs> of stories
0: they read. Right, I had an onion tied to my belt, which is They're the style cut. of the time. <laughs> so I, uh, no, it's just that, you know, coming into it, I had no expectations, zero, mm-hmm. and I just assumed that it was going to be this... Well done.
1: I have to catch up. It
0: was going to be this <laughs> I saved the good beer for you guys. Horrifying... Pabst Blue Ribbon. I enjoy me
1: at PBR. Horrifying.
0: Yeah. It, just like that beer. Ouch. But, <laughs> no. We hipsters brought it back. I kid. It was going to die. I kid. PBR has a special place in everyone's liver.
1: But <laughs> It's um, the left side. Yeah. Uh,
0: I did not have any expectation. And going into it, I thought that it was... You know, you consider the time frame and, you know... What you know about Lovecraft and that, and I think, well, you know, this is actually kind of an innovative way to approach, mm-hmm. I say innovative, I guess for the times, but honestly, when I look at it in context now, it's not that innovative. He's got a very Pope-esque style mm-hmm. of sort of getting to it, but not actually ever showing you until the point where the fucking thing appears. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, I i don't know, should I get to it now, or should I wait? I, well, yeah, no, go ahead.
1: Don't cock to you. We,
2: <laughs> we will assume that uh, all our listeners are familiar with the story. If if you're not, it's been around for 100 fucking years. What are you doing? Spoiler alert! <laughs> I've
1: also given you plenty of warnings yeah. on Instagram. Fast yes, forward yes, the podcast
2: now. Actually, don't.
0: Yeah. Um, no, you just need just to the, hear this. Sean's about to, to speak We need some, to listen to this. About yourself. to drop some wisdom. <laughs> all I can think about is, like, oh, Cthulhu is this, like, megalo megalithic, like, King Kong-esque Eldritch horror, yeah. incredible destroyer of worlds. Yeah. I remember the Simpsons episode they did, the Trios of Horror, mm. when they actually had a Cthulhu monster yeah. attacking Dunwich or whatever it was. And I'm like, it oh my was, god, yeah. this thing is going to be epic. And they fucking drove a boat through its head.
2: Yeah,
0: And I'm like, are you... <laughs> what?! the fuck? He just turned the boat around on full speed straight into the thing's head and it like severed it into two and then it cleaved back together. In italics, some... no less. Yes. <laughs> the italics brings the dread. So, yeah, honestly, I had this sense of foreboding leading up to him. Like, oh man, these guys are fucking dead. How's this yeah. guy gonna get away? Is it gonna be interesting? No, he drove his boat through it.
1: Right. Well, I mean, it, it wasn't a dinghy, right? It was like a boat. It was like a
0: schooner or something. It's like it a boat. You know, it's not even a fucking, like, <laughs> now warship. That,
1: now that you say Schooner, I'm thinking, like, a, like a tri-sail. Yeah. Just going, like, 15 knots. Dude, it None was not a very fishing vessel. It's, it's the
2: through. old man in the sea, you know? He's got his marlin hook and oh, Along comes Cthulhu. <laughs> <laughs> just like, like he does with the sharks. He just hits it with a fucking shovel or something.
0: Oh, Everything me. built up to this moment. And no, you can get away by just driving your boat
2: through its head.
1: But it comes back together. Yeah, you didn't yeah really but, that it, but then it's gone.
2: Right. It's gone. Yeah. Well, the stars weren't right, man. So yeah. so this <laughs> is, it, the dread city of Rileth, 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 so back to the bottom yeah. of the sea. And it, it was only an untimely earthquake that had thrust it up in the first place. <laughs> it, it all holds together, man. Touché. <laughs> Touché. In-ging-ging. No, no, no. I, I think this is not an uncommon point to make that the the uh, conclusion of the story is very anticlimactic. Stephen King must have yeah. learned a lot from reading
0: uh, Lovecraft back in the Ooh. day. <laughs> That's right, Stephen <laughs> King. Fuck your endings. There oh, it is. Oh, cool. all right, all right.
2: <laughs> Ding. <laughs> I feel like this is not uncommon for much of the horror genre. It, Lovecraft himself was, you know, he was the guy who said, uh, and I'm paraphrasing heavily here, but he said that you know if if the most powerful emotion of mankind is fear, then the most potent kind of fear is fear of the unknown mm-hmm. and and that's what what the true horror masters do are they build your fear and suspense without actually showing you what's behind the door. but he did and, show us, but that's and that's exactly the yeah. thing as yeah. soon as you open that door, there's going to be disappointment, and that's what's so hard about horror that's what's so hard about. Horror movies, horror yeah. literature is because what do you with all that build up and all that fear of like it could be anything mm-hmm. it's so hard to deliver, but even in that context, I agree with you, the end of this story is very anticlimactic the The horrifying like eight hundred foot tall sea beast makes an appearance. And is just, like, the most, supposed to be the most terrifying thing. Like, even seeing it drives
1: you mad. Takes on the great old ones. Right. Yes. Which we find out later, depending on how you read the, the order of the story right. you read.
2: But, you know, even just glimpsing it is supposed to drive you to madness, but you could drive your boat through it. You know, like, it's yeah, it's a bit, it, it well, is I mean, definitely climactic That's true. <laughs>
1: I'm trying, like... Am I the optimist this time? <laughs> is that my role?
2: It, no, it is a fucking amazing story. I really did... I, I enjoyed it. Any of, there's not another word no. of criticism that I have for that story. Oh, I we're going to find that.
1: <laughs> but I will say... You know, I will say, like... Maybe because we had personally built up so much about the mythos... That I had actually, like... Really put it up there. And I'm reading through it, and I'm like, okay... So there's these cults around the world... That are, like, secretly trying to bring it back... Waiting for the stars to align... And then waiting for the earthquake to bring up the city. Okay, so we get that. All right, so things are lining up. And I expected, like, again, even at least, like, a three, five-page battle. Yeah. And and we get, like, maybe a two-page battle, right? It was a paragraph. That, a paragraph. <laughs> now, now, and that was probably a sentence. So, like, you know, I, the funny thing is I really like his writing style. Yeah. His word choice is exquisite. Makes me go back to the dictionary often, which I appreciate. That's not <laughs> usually what happens. Uh, you know, that's with not my literature. cup of tea.
0: And I'm usually like the Hemingway school of thought, yeah, where right. terse is good. But at the same time, I I have to agree with you. I I found it to be not like your typical uh, florid style of the 19th century, but it yeah. was something on itself, and it, it was not burdensome to read. Mm-hmm. But it didn't. It didn't go by too quickly either. It Challenged you a little bit.
1: Yeah, it, d- it okay demands it. your attention. It hit a sweet spot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I did actually get some like vibes of like Arthur Conan Doyle. Mm. Um. Just in the sentence length and some of the word choice. I mean, they were nearly contemporary, so like that kind of makes sense in that way. Right. But at the same time, um, different in that. I feel like Conan Doyle focused a lot more on like the sensory details because you know Holmes is trying to like deduce things from what we're talking about, whereas Lovecraft, all of his narrators are like, "I have to tell you this thing," but I can't <laughs> tell you directly because right. I don't want to make you mad, right. yeah. like literally insane. Um,
0: it, you mentioned uh, Stoker's Dracula earlier, and everything about it—they
1: could call him Stroker. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, I that tried was to correct it. That was gracious
0: of you're, you. You're welcome. I uh. I I kept reminding myself of that style of horror, of the sort of, like, third party, like, oh, this all happened, and we're just telling you about it after the fact. Right. Which, to me, almost eliminates some of the the tenseness and eliminates some of the payoff, because, and I think people realize that, that you can't say, oh, this all happened before, and I'm telling you about it now, because that takes the stakes completely out of it. Sure. You know, like, and, and for a modern audience anyway, maybe yeah, a, maybe yeah. a more turn of the century audience would have been like, oh, but what about everybody else? Right? I don't give a fuck about everybody else. <laughs> I care <about laughs> the narrator, me, what the narrator and what happened ben? to that and then me. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So uh, I think that might have translated differently now, but, mm. you know, back then it was much more
1: horrifying. You know, though, I will say, like, I, I know I'm kind of jumping because we were looking to get to some cultural <laughs> references later. After we talked a little bit more about the um, texts. So why you even have like, an agenda, Adam?
2: <laughs> Bring him in. I'm How the you captain.
1: <laughs> this is the choice the captain's <laughs> He's making.
0: actually wearing a uniform today. Fall in so line. <laughs> we have to obey him. No,
1: no, no. I'm just thinking, like... So... <clears throat> um, in a way... Lovecraft is kind of like the predecessor to... Some of, like, the docu-horrors. Where you take on that fake documentary. You found this footage... You know, like Blair Witch comes to mind. Mm -hmm. Not only because of the content, cult people trying to call forth some demonic powers that they're unable to control, and oh, fuck, go figure, you're screwed up and can't control it.
0: Cloverfield.
1: Cloverfield, right? But it's also that documentary style where I wasn't there, I found this footage, I'm discovering it with you. Right. right. Which is that sort of premise.
2: Well, and and those uh, specific films that you just named also fit Lovecraftian horror in the sense of like... In the sense of, it's never explained what you're actually up against. In in the Blair Witch, there's really no backstory offered. No. And in Cloverfield, there's I mean, we see the monster a bit on film, but it's not one time explained what it is or where it came from. As I remember, it's been many yeah. years. But no. and that's the the idea of Lovecraftian horror is that like it's it's not a specific thing that we we are facing for the first time but we could learn about this vampire or this werewolf and its backstory and that's not how lovecraftian horror works and that's that's what it does is it it puts it pits its characters and mankind against things that are just beyond our comprehension and have almost no backstory and no explanation because we can't perceive them
1: it's beyond the comprehension right yeah um, I wanted to make a, a couple
2: more comments about Cthulhu before we sure. move on. By all means? Um, no, we're done with Cthulhu. You guys had met, Well, I'm, I'm just going to plow right ahead anyway. You, you can <laughs> talk simultaneously and we'll <laughs> see how it shakes out in the editing. His notes are actually
1: in the language. so.
2: But uh, you, know, I, you guys had mentioned the language before, and I wanted to uh, agree on that point. I feel like his language... You know, I had mentioned in an earlier cast that we did on a book that shall not be named, but which had (laughs) directly taken on Lovecraft. And I said, you know, this book, at the time I had said this book does so many things well from a, you know, literary standpoint and yet it adds up to nothing. We all unanimously agreed that it was not a good book. Okay. It was the
1: first thumbs and down from our video. It right? was and
2: uni- it was the first unanimous thumbs down that we had and and then I had also said the the weird thing about Lovecraft is that he does so many things poorly from a, a literary standpoint and yet it somehow adds up to something that is far greater than, you know, the sum of all its literary parts. The language is one thing. I mean, it is just ridiculously overwrought, over-decorated, you know, uh, uh, like labyrinthine prose. Like you said, you have to use a dictionary to look up half of his words. It's almost as if you took Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven and you were like, let's just write stories in that language, you know. Yeah. Um, Which and we've been doing via email for the past week. Yes, we have hmm. in, pre- in preparation. But, oh, it's so great. But It works like Lovecraft makes makes it work and it only would work in the cosmic horror genre and and for these kind of stories which are meant to be a sort of mythology right more more so than being supernatural they're meant to be a a, a and, and Lovecraft himself was a huge reader of mythology as a young man. That was a huge influence on him. And that's what he does. That's what the Cthulhu Mythos is. It's a it's a creation of his own mythology. An extremely fucking terrifying and creepy and, and nihilistic mythology.
1: Really had to have a terrible
2: inner mind and inner life. <laughs> and we'll get to all that. But I read uh, some stuff online about him. Yes, and we will definitely bring all that up. That's coming. <laughs> but uh but that's what he does and and he uh you know i think in this story you know it's not just like a fucking random monster that they're coming across right it's it's supposed to be this elder god from the stars who at one time ruled all of Earth before mankind was a thing and who has only been sleeping in his city waiting for, like, the right time to, like, reassert... You know, it's this creation of, like, this larger mythology and this, like... You know, we, we talked about this during Star Wars, too, the way in which it's constantly alluded to, like, this vaster universe, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what Lovecraft, for me, I think, as a, as a very young man... What was so compelling was that idea, that idea of like this vaster, very ancient and very terrifying universe. Um, You know, it felt like a complete mythology instead of just like a random ghost or a random monster. I I think Lovecraft
0: can pull that off because he wrote all of this on the cusp of so much more modern science.
1: I was just thinking that these are like mid to late 20s.
0: Right. And a lot of that, it was like, oh, well, what's out there? And scientists were just starting mm-hmm. to discover exoplanets that we had never identified right. before.
1: Still, twenty years away from satellites.
0: Right. We were. I mean, this was where pretty much you could make up anything you wanted. Yeah. And it could fit with what was going on, or the discovery of, you know, time periods where, you know, dinosaurs did not exist. And other things ruled the earth. in time. Indeed. want <laughs> to keep coming back to that. All these things that were just sort of like on the cusp, the bleeding edge of scientific theory. And he's taking that and then turning it into a like a Genesis story almost of all yeah. of this mythology he's building. It's-
2: and you're right; he brings in that you know. I mean, I mean, Lovecraft is as much science fiction as he is dark fantasy as he is horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we haven't got to Whisper in the Darkness yet, but uh, he you know he specifically mentions Pluto multiple times, which had literally just been discovered as he was writing that story. Mm-hmm. You know, so he mm-hmm. weaves that stuff into it. Moment of silence for Pluto. Yes, moment it's over. Moment no, according okay. according went out for Pluto. Yes, yeah, it's, it's still poor. there. It's it just was on a planet. planet. It was a planet briefly. briefly. A dwarf planet. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, it's it's ready to be mined.
2: There you go. It <laughs> made the team and then it got cut. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it didn't
1: make the fifty-two it's, man roster. J- JV planet. <laughs> uh, this is a good transition over to Double Witch Horror, Speaking yep. of, you know the the mythos and the the kind of horror he builds. I started with... Dun- um, no, Dunwich Horror is my second piece, actually. I started with Cthulhu, Dunwich Horror, then Mounts of Madness, mm-hmm. and then went over to uh, Whisper. And um, I felt like that was a very familiar kind of story in modern um, telling. You know, again, man fucks with something we should have fucked with. <laughs> Opens doors he shouldn't have opened. Yep. Can't understand. The very first thing I thought of, actually, was... Um, um Stranger Things. Mm. Um, I have
2: not watched Stranger Things. What? I what what? It's like <laughs> Ghostbusters, My... motherfucker. Jesus. Yeah. Future podcasts.
1: We got a, that's a, a lot though. That's like three, two or three seasons. Yeah, that's that, that's a uh, that's a lot of time. Well, we could pick a season,
2: and we can sure uh, that, it would be the first one. <laughs> that's a watch, you know.
0: That's, that's a, a night. Binge. That's a night watch with your significant other, and and you know, get down to business. And
2: this time of year, uh,
1: and being well, a man, a man should I describe the show
2: it? and getting down to business, or just should we just stick to the show? You're not when Netflix we get to chilling. the podcast. <laughs> I'm not
0: sure. I, I must have missed a reference in here somewhere.
2: I assumed you said watch with your significant other. Oh, and oh get down to business. No no no. no, no what the no, hell did no. you business mean by
1: that?
0: I, I meant watching the damn show. I'm sorry. I'm old. I I, I assume that doesn't happen
1: anymore. Oh. Oh. So damn so it. essentially I'm gonna try to save Mike here. So essentially, uh, same. Was I wrong for interpreting it? No, had, like, that's how I took it. I'm too. sorry. I feel really terrible. I thought really you were making a Netflix and chilling reference. I made mean, absolutely yeah.
0: no, no. I did not intentionally mean that at all. Dear God, <laughs> this is my life now.
1: We are in the man's house. How dare you speak to him like that? No,
0: but to me, getting down to business is watching TV and going to bed.
1: Oh, pouring oh.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, oh,
2: one out for oh, Sean. Oh, oh. Oh. For Sean. Oh. Well, <laughs> it,
1: it's worth a watch.
2: So uh, we were saying uh, Dunwich. You were yeah, saying we're it was Dunwich. a familiar kind of story. Yeah, yeah.
1: So you know, people dabbling, wanting powers that they shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. You know, wanting uh, what they can't have, and then oops, it goes wrong.
2: Yeah. So I'll say I'll go first on this one. Uh, Dunwich is has uh, always been one of my least favorite Lovecraft stories. Now I included it because it's also considered one of his, you know, most well known and mm-hmm. most well regarded stories. So I, I felt objectively that we should we should cover it. But um mm-hmm. I you know I it would be hard I would be hard pressed to say why it's one mm-hmm. of my least favorite stories. It has all the usual Lovecraft elements. I mean it has The narrator who's not directly involved, you know, he works at the university and he is, like, sort of indirectly involved in the events and...
1: Miskatonic comes up a few times. Yeah, Miskatonic
2: and, and and, uh, you know, Arkham University, uh, which is where the the Batman uh, Arkham Insane Asylum takes its name from and... Hmm. uh, um, but, uh, you know, I don't know, and I, I love, I usually love uh, the the idea of, like, the backwoods, you know, the sort of very rural country horror is, like, very fascinating to me. Um, and and I, I can read this story, and I can, like I said, objectively understand why other people like this one. For some reason, I don't know, uh, we talked about anticlimax climax with, uh, with Cthulhu, and this one really reeks of that to me. The mm. monster bursts out. It like plows down somebody's house, and it seems terrifying. You don't see it though. And the monster, exactly. It's all description of like yeah. you know third, fourth hand, right? Like oh, this apparently this is happening down at so and so's firm, and
1: it had half a yeah, face exactly because through the field glass, right? And yeah, uh, yeah. you Which know, it, fine. But, and then period. it's not
2: just a monster. It's supposed to be like the channeling into this dimension of this mm. like intergalactic. Uh, Yag Sathath or whatever it's called, uh, which is supposed to be like a god, like a deity, right? right? Yes,
0: yeah, yeah. and Yosigath. and and
2: yet these professors like show up and like you know do some incantation and like the thing like explodes and and the story ends. So I don't know, yeah. like I'm not criticizing the story. I I understand personally why people like it and why it's become you know an integral part of the so-called mythos. Um, it's just not one of my favorites to read. It just doesn't mm-hmm. register in an entertaining way for hmm. me. Does it... uh was the creature the same thing that was in At the Mountains of Bandits? No, that's the Shoggoth or that's, Shoggoth. They're very or, close. Right. In right. The they're both, they're both familiar, like blob yeah. monsters. The Yog sothoth or how... how Let's just I'm pronounce it up. however the fuck we want to pronounce them. And, um, man was not meant to pronounce these names without <laughs> being driven mad anyway. so <laughs> That's right. Uh, that's right. <laughs> seeing as I'm but, not mad. But that is a, in, in the pantheon of Lovecraftian gods, the one in Dunwich is their attempt to channel into the real world an actual like you know galactic deity of mm-hmm. some kind mm-hmm. whereas the shoggoths or shoggoths or uh, however it's pronounced in at the mountains of madness are just a creation of the elder ones oh, okay that's right basically slaves. for slave labor They're slaves, yeah. yeah
1: the the monster from uh dunwich horror gets called the yog-sothoth sothoth sothoth yeah and then it's yeah
0: See, what I liked about that story... You and only I, got so
1: many letters, but... <laughs> yeah, come, on, man. come on,
0: man. This should be a uh, thing on Wheel of Fortune.
2: You remember the South Park episode where they talk about a Family Guy episode by pushing, like, balls with words across and it forms, Dude. like, a Family Guy sketch? Yeah. You imagine, like, Lovecraft coming up with his monster names by picking, like, um... Uh... You know, like, little letter tiles out. Yeah, there. it's, it's yeah. very dada
1: Like, he just has all the letters cut out on paper, drops right. it, and sees what I sticks and
2: a C, a T, an H, an L.
1: <laughs>
0: I, I, I actually kind of like the Dunwich Horror. And uh, I think what I liked the most about it was just the, like, I don't know, the way it sort of just builds up to it. It almost has, like, a Ghostbusters feel. Of course, that explains oh. why you didn't like it.
2: <clears throat> Check out our Ghostbusters no kind of episode uh, from a couple of months ago. I yeah, don't know. but yeah. just the uh, I don't know, like the old academics all
0: kind of getting together, and they're the ones that are have to they're called upon to do. That's their, why we like this. One. Yeah, yes, a bunch of English the Guys teachers. with the books, the yes.
2: superheroes are the smart guys exactly. from the university, right. and they're Pushes like, thank they, <laughs> you.
0: <laughs> but the uh, like the, the creature that was like the son of the insane lady. And the insane dude's grandson thing that was, like, a goat creature, but it wasn't. It was, like, there was some bizarre shit going on with that thing. Yeah. Like, he was, like, what, four years old? And he was, like, a 27-year-old or whatever. But he had, like, tentacles growing out where his dick should be. Like, (laughs) all kinds of weirdness going on. And it was just, like, this, like,
1: man, who the fuck comes up with this shit? (laughs) I had thought that, actually. Like, as you envision these monsters, like... Yeah! Was peyote a thing? But... <laughs> a
0: dog bites him, and he fucking like turns into vapor.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like because he was trying to
2: find a book in right. a, a university library. The Necronomicon. Exactly. Which we uh, Have not name dropped yet, but uh... no.
0: But that I kept thinking all the time about Evil Dead whenever you mentioned yeah. Necronomicon. <laughs> but we'll get to that later. Maybe I don't know. Yeah,
1: well, he does predate. True. Necronomicon. That's true that's where it comes but, from. But I mean that. Yeah, that name itself, you know, gets used pretty yeah. widely in horror literature
2: well it, but it, it all stems from lovecraft lovecraft mm-hmm. uh you know created the concept of the necronomicon by the mad arab uh, abdul whatever yeah of course it's amazing. everything yes oh. we'll get to, get to all of this but yeah. the, uh, i think i, I like You're the low money. stakes of it like i
0: think yeah. like some of the other ones the stakes are so it's like mankind versus everything kind of right. this was more of like farmhouses right and a small community of like inbreds. And like It <laughs> literally is, yeah. Right,
1: right. Nobody visits Dunwich. In fact, I love the, the the like first page or so where he's like, you know, I was just riding and I'm like, <laughs> Oh shit, I went through Dunwich. Oh. Yeah. yeah. That's essentially the first page,
2: right? He says something along the lines of "There's like, a, there's a fork in the road, and most people go one way. If you accidentally go the other way, you, yeah. you try to get through Dunwich as quick as quickly as possible." Yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel about New Jersey, by the way. Oh, yeah, oh come on, nah, 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 nah. New Jersey's got so, some lovely have we, places. Have we checked Garden the, State my
1: ass? It's a petrochemical refinery <laughs> state. <laughs> That's, That's only the, a small portion of it. I, I, I assume, Adam,
2: that you've checked the data and you're quite confident that we don't have listeners from New Jersey. I'm absolutely
1: confident. Hey. My sister-in-law who lives in New Jersey does not listen to We gotta to New get State. some listeners in Joycey. <laughs> None of us are wearing track suits. We're not gonna do it. Um, we'll get some hot dogs next time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I liked it. I thought it was alright. Yeah, I do like that much it's,
2: it's great. It's it's like I said, it's one of those ones where I like I academically respect the story. For some reason that one doesn't entertain me. There's like about Mm twenty five or thirty Lovecraft stories I would read first if I were just sitting down to read a having
0: only read four, I put that one (laughs) up there with At the Mountains of Madness as my one of my favorites. I liked it.
1: You know what's interesting. So it's in your top four is what you're saying. (laughs) Yes. There you go.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) Top three. I'll give you top three. Okay.
1: You mentioned Cloverfield earlier, Mike, and I got kind of Cloverfield vibes because we're watching from afar. You only get those brief glimpses of the monster. And and it kinda like Keeps you um, in suspense in what it looks like as they fight it. Right. You don't even see the fight. You just kind of sort of see the guys standing on the hill.
2: Right, and and before that, there's like the lady who's like screaming into the telephone and then like the farmhouse is found destroyed. And like, yeah. yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, but you're right, you know, that. you never directly observe. I mean, like I said, uh, Lovecraft wrote an entire essay about horror fiction, supernatural fiction. Supernatural Horror in Fiction I believe is the name of the essay. And he says and we'll this like is pretty it should be in that book. It's pretty close to a quote. He says uh the the oldest the the oldest emotion of mankind is fear and the oldest kind of fear is fear of the unknown or something like that. And then he he goes on in this essay to talk about you know that's why in his fiction he he it's always like from a distance it's always a detached perspective, because again it's the idea that as soon as you open that door and show you show the audience the creature it's always a letdown it's always disappointing mm-hmm. sort of like opening your presents Christmas yeah. morning it was the anticipation yeah. that you no, enjoyed get <laughs> the impression that
0: Lovecraft never got
2: Christmas presents yeah yeah he, he was a, he was a sad lonely little man yeah it's I tall l- tall uh, man yeah. I shouldn't say little man but
1: Sad get, and lonely, for sure. Oh, for sure. I get the impression he would have just stared at the, like, um, what is it, like the buffalo check or plaid wrapping paper and was like, no man was meant to live this <laughs> <laughs> Without going mad truly. Yeah.
2: What is even the point in a universe that doesn't care if we even exist? Fucking
1: wrapping paper. <laughs> doesn't even rip it off. He just leaves it in the corner and it just sits there.
2: This idea of tradition and... Love is just laughable.
1: Who can know if there is a Santa Claus who would bring to us? Is he one of the great old ones? And Where if, is his And cult? if there is a Santa Claus,
2: you don't want to know what he's really like. Oh at, best he at best, he doesn't give a fuck
0: if we exist. I think we need to do a fan fiction of Lovecraft Santa Claus.
1: <laughs> Lovecraft Santa Claus. Of has got tentacles, and goes (laughs) as he delivers your presents. God. His
0: servants are blind penguins. Yes.
2: Oh, man. And sugoths or whatever. This is my only issue. This might have to happen. A a very Lovecraft Christmas.
1: Oh! (gasps) Mike just did it! Bing, bing, bing! Yes! A thousand points tonight for Mike. (laughs)
0: We could do like a read-along. We could write the story and then just—I'll do my best, uh, you know, like read-along yep. voice. There like you a go. Crackling <laughs> fire in the Deep background. It in there, yeah. Oh, that'd be great. All
1: right. Twas the night before Christmas. All through the house, <laughs> not a creature was stirring. Not even the sucked Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you guys want to switch over to uh, Whisper in Darkness before we talk about Mountains of Madness?
2: Yes. All sure. Right. Yes. Why not? All Let's right. do Whisperer. I, I fuck don't. that motherfucker.
0: <laughs> say. Go say, Oh, ahead. oh, Open I up. got all this correspondence from this guy that all goes in one direction, and all of a sudden I got this <laughs> typed prim letter telling me, oh, come on out, and bring all the evidence with you, <laughs> fine, and the fucker does not What the f- absolute fuck? Yeah. Yeah. What was this... I mean, it was just like the dumbest ass narrator of all time. It's <laughs> just <laughs> like, I could have seen, fucking my fucking eight year old could have seen this from a mile
1: away. Are you this is true. fucking kidding me? My kids totally have been like, nah, Dick, don't do that. <laughs> Why are you taking the cylinder, you idiots?
2: Yeah.
1: All the other
0: stuff, it, clearly it's a setup. Oh, maybe it's just my modern sensibilities, but I'm sitting there reading this going it like Nah, there's no fucking way. Come right. on, dude. Get get away. What? Seriously? Oh, I don't place you know, the voice. The voice sounded familiar, but I don't really know. Where I <laughs> it's from the recording,
1: you ass like I can tell you where you heard that voice <laughs> yeah, uh, It's on your beeswax cylinder. <laughs> yeah.
2: The reason I like this story is uh, <laughs> you know the the whole idea of like a, a race of aliens who are using planet Earth to mine some kind of mineral, but you know, dogs kill like, them. Yes, Look, <laughs> Sean, I am. I am <laughs> the first one to tell you that all of these stories are ridiculous at <laughs> <on laughs> obvious levels. <laughs> but but the, uh, the it's the premise it's the idea what is more of, horrific
1: than the ridiculous true yeah, true there yeah. you go i
2: think lovecraft said that actually that was in, <laughs> it was in that essay that <laughs> i mentioned um no but the idea of like you know like this this ancient civilization of aliens that use earth as like a mining planet okay. um it, it, it just it it feeds into like that overall mythology of like that larger more terrifying universe um I can see that too. I yeah, hear. I mean that that's what I like about it. I mean it's simple, simply simply like you know the whole idea of like the bring the evidence with you and it's it's all fine. What a mess I was just being an ass before. It's cool. You know, it's like obviously as readers we're like yeah yeah you you know what's going to happen. And even though he puts it in italics at the end, you know <laughs> like he always does. He says like they were the face and hands of whatever his name was. As a reader, you're sitting there like, "Oh, really? Wow! <laughs> now is this just... like... No shit! Is this just like 21st
1: century, like, uh, like jaded nihilistic us? Yes. It has as to be. readers, there was no other explanation. So. Yeah, yeah, because it would have read, it had to have read differently to like 1930s weird science fiction readers. Well,
0: I'm not sure anybody else had written about fungus crabs <laughs> right. that were mining. Fungus crabs
1: are. Yes. Yeah,
0: mining the the mountains of Vermont for whatever.
2: That's the other thing, too, is like all of this shit was so different from everything Mm -hmm. else. Horror, like fantasy, like, you know, many genres, it relies on its tropes, Mm -hmm. right? And when you talk about horror, you have your ghosts and your werewolves and your vampires and you have the same old things in which authors, like, maybe do a slight variation on it. Frankenstein, you know, the the sort of the reanimated golem monster, right? Um, but what Lovecraft did was just fucking blow all that shit up. And like, you just described it perfectly. These fungus monsters mining earth, uh, is like, you know, you don't see that at least in this time period, you don't see that anywhere else. And, and he is influenced very heavily by Edgar Allan Poe, but you don't see that shit in Poe, right? Poe is all like very realistic human psychological stuff. What Lovecraft brings to it is the idea of, like, this this, this ancient universe in which, like, mankind is a recent development.
0: I have to say that I was always, throughout this whole thing, struck by the novelty of his creations. Like, these crab fungus creatures that have no obvious sensory organs or heads (laughs) other than their, like, weird antennae array at the top. And just, like, how everything else about them is very, like, crab-like. It's just... Yeah, they have it's,
1: some directionality, but that's pretty much it. Right,
0: and like the great old ones, we'll get to it. And like the same thing, like the the biology of them is extremely unique. And I yeah. cannot mm-hmm. I cannot fault the man for going way in a whole other direction. Right. Like usually, you think of horror, you think of it being like familiar yet tainted. Right, yep. like a vampire is familiar but tainted, or a right. mummy, or a werewolf, or a Frankenstein, or right. any of these things. They're all sort of that. Like oh, well, they look vaguely human. Humanoid, but there's something human off, wrong. right? Yeah. But Lovecraft goes completely the other direction. Like this is beyond anything. Right. It's like give a fuck. human doesn't matter, right? Yeah. Right. This is beyond human. This is something completely other.
2: Well, one of you guys said a few minutes ago, "Who the fuck thinks of this shit?" You know, and that, that is what yeah. to me. That is the beauty of Lovecraft. Is as you're reading these stories, you're constantly going. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. What the yeah. fuck is this shit? And and honestly, to me, that's what I that's what I want in horror. Like I want it to be something that's like really alien and foreign and bizarre because that would be more terrifying than like, you know, uh, a vampire which just has like pointing teeth but is otherwise, you know, just one of us and it mm. just looks human.
0: It's interesting because <laughs> I think
2: in, and I I kinda
0: disagree a little bit because I feel like the familiarity of the other being more terrifying that it's so close to you, yeah. I feel like the the Kinda so like us f- yes, like it's a reflection mm. of us. Yeah. But to me, it's it's less terrifying if it's completely unrelated. I I could walk by a crab fungus and be like, <laughs> like hey, look at that fucking doop thing. Doop you know, and it's doop like doop. exactly it, it. To me, it'd be meaningless. Yeah. Mm. I guess maybe, but I guess. At the same time, Lovecraft does a really good job of generating that same sense of like foreboding around these things. Well, too.
2: yeah, there's yeah. there's a lot of I mean, and and that is we haven't made this point yet, but that is really for all the literary sins that Lovecraft has, you know, that you know you don't usually associate with the great writers. It's it's really it's it's the atmosphere. I mean, it's the atmosphere first yeah. and foremost. That yeah. that's. Yeah. That's what makes every Lovecraft tale is the atmosphere. But, you know, secondly, it is, you just said, the tension. You know, it's the way in which it's it's not really about the plot, because there's usually not a plot. You know, it's not about the dialogue, because there's almost never dialogue. It's not about the character development, because we just know those motherfuckers are mad, whatever they were before. They're crazy (laughs) now. Right? It's not about any of that shit. Uh and it's never about the payoff, because the payoff is always a little disappointing. It's literally just about the atmosphere first and foremost, and then it's about like the tension, the way in which he like keeps you sort of on the hook. Like, what the fuck is this shit? You know? Yeah. And a little unsettled the whole time.
0: It's like a rainy fall day in New England. Yeah, well, a lot so of, of his
1: comes from yeah, from okay, I visited Vermont. Now I'm gonna write this fuck up story about Vermont. Alright, I was in Massachusetts, now let's right. go to this. Right. Uh thanks to the notes from the uh HP Lovecraft complete fiction mm. you know i got a decent chronology of okay he was visiting here and this year and he wrote this and right. then the other thing you know dunwich horror came from his visits on the the um new england area and uh, it's actually kind of a interesting point that setting plays an important part in mountains of madness in dunwich horror but it doesn't seem to play much in the other pieces that we read. It is really just the horror of, like, this undiscovered um, thing that could really fuck mankind over if they decided to, mm-hmm. or they could just ignore us. And therein lies the dread, like, will we right. be ignored or yeah. will we be seen? And, oh, right. fuck, there goes humanity at right. that point.
0: Right. Sort of like a, he just kind of puts them away from most civilizations, so that it's like, oh, it's, mm-hmm. it's distant,
2: mm-hmm. but not that distant. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I guess that's, you know, we talked about, like, Similar but different when it comes to horror, and you know, like Dunwich, they're backcountry hillbillies, essentially yeah. in New England. You know, yeah. they're they're country people in New England. Uh, Antarctica—that's just remote from everybody. So it's there, but it's still on Earth. Watch out! It's crazy. You read a,
0: you read this shit too. It's like there's a lot of places in that northeast area of the United States that are they're just wild.
1: Mm-hmm. There, there right. is wilderness In the 20s, up there. yeah. I mean, there still is. Yeah. Right? You think of Jersey Devil, like that being an urban legend. That's New Jersey. I, well, petrochemical <laughs> refinery state. Fuck
0: you, New Jersey. <laughs> you go to Maine, 90% of their population lives along the coast and the next to uh, Massachusetts. Yeah. Most of that is moose country. <laughs> and there is like nobody there. You know?
1: Vermont, 90% of people live in Burlington. Now I'm making that stat up. Live in Burlington. And that's it i don't know bernie sanders lives there (laughs) that's really all i got right but um that's a good point though like a lot of new england is not um urbanized as we might think of it even still really there you know we joke about new york state when people are like oh you live in new york how's new york city no fuck you i'm eight hours from new york city right but really new england is bigger than we think it is and he kind of exploits our misunderstandings even though they're in the 20s and, you know, we're still 100 years removed from that. Mm -hmm. You know, you asked me about Antarctica. What the fuck do I know of Antarctica for Mountains of Madness except for ice? Right. And there are penguins. They live in the south, not the north. (laughs) Period. (laughs) I'm coming back to the blind penguins. They're not going away.
0: But he he got it right. At least it was in the correct continent.
1: Yes. Penguins were in Africa and also Antarctica. I
0: can't stand speculative fiction that puts penguins at the North Pole or puts polar bears at the South Pole. I was like, you fuckers. You You did it wrong. 100% wrong. Join us for the exciting conclusion in Nerds Talk Lovecraft Part 2.